0: welcome to chatterbox a podcast by the wolfpack project we are nottingham's leading youth mental health and loneliness charity releasing content on the first of every month please follow and subscribe on your podcast app so that you never miss an episode Hello and welcome to this episode of Chatterbox, we're joined by the lovely Liv, local non-binary diva, drag artiste. Liv, it's lovely to have you on, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, it's lovely That's to be all here. Right.
0: where are you coming from? It looks like you've got lots of wigs and things in the background.
1: Yes, I'm currently at home in my drag studio in Ballwell. Oh
0: looks 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 more exciting (laughs) than my boring office for anyone who's not watching the video of this i'm just sat with a plain background behind me although I have been joined by a plant it's a very nice it's plant. Damien's plant I try and keep it alive when I work in his office <laughs> so the first part of um, the chatterbox is a random collection of questions that people in the Wolfpack team kind of put together that we put to our guests and it can cover all sorts of things around Nottinghamshire and, and those kind of things so we'll see what Liv's responses are and um, and take it from there so the first question that i've pulled out of the chatterbox is where do you find is the best place for people watching
1: Ooh, for people watching there's quite a few mm. i want to say i'm going to say dispatch in hopefully um i was recently there on valentine's oh, nice. day um with my friends and we were just sat watching everybody like with the rose in one hand the pandora bag in the other and It was just um, a great spectator sport. It was great. Mm.
0: And it's a great cafe as well because it's got multiple floors to it that all overlook that kind of main thoroughfare through Hockley. Um, I love going to sit in there if I'm in the city centre. It's a good spot to hang out. I think I would agree with you there. That's a great great people watching space. Where is your favourite place to kind of wander and? get lost in the in the city or the county kind of
1: just the city center really because I mean I grew up in Nottingham and like I was always around the town as a kid especially doing my art foundation at Nottingham College and I used to run around with my camera doing like photography projects so I kind of knew the city but then I moved away to Norwich for a few years and then came back so I keep getting lost when I think I know where I am (laughs) So I think just <laughs> the general city centre, yeah.
0: I suppose, or at least, you know, anyone listening, if you feel like you ever get a lost one day around the city, take it from a, a born and bred Nottingham person, that they can also get lost even though... They've grown up here
1: so easily. I get so embarrassed when I have to like stop and look at a map. I'm like, oh, I should know this.
0: <laughs> I think it happens to the best of us, regardless of how well you know a place. Yeah. Can you remember your first memory of Nottingham and what you did?
1: I have a memory, although this might be like contested by people who are there, it's like not true. <laughs> but I remember being in Market Square as a kid, like really, really young. And it was like night sky, there was, Chris, maybe it was like a Christmas light switch on or something. And I literally saw Santa in his sleigh with the reindeer flying above the sky. Like I genuinely saw that. Wow. As a grown-up now, I'm like, maybe it was a big setup and a prop. <laughs> but I did see him and the reindeer. And right. just because... It might have been a prop doesn't mean it wasn't real for me at the time. Right. So. And that's
0: a really lovely little like memory to keep hold of, of that kind of innocence of childlikeness and Christmas. And that's a cute little memory. I would, I would say yeah. it happened.
1: I saw it regardless. So I saw it. So it happened.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. exactly. Where would you go for a good night out?
1: I'm probably going to go to Rough Trade to a Glad Drag's Drag Night, nice. or I'm going to go to Percy Picklebecker's for a Gay Duck Drag Night.
0: So Rough Trade is in Hockley.
1: Rough Trade's on Broad yep.
0: Street, I think, across from Broadway yep. Cinema.
1: Percy Picklebecker's is across the road from the Nottingham Contemporary Art Gallery. So Academy. close
0: to the Lace Market Champ Stop. It's the easiest landmark that I can give people that I know for <laughs> <Is> that area. <laughs> You just walk down the hill as if you're heading towards the train station. And then for the next morning, where would you go to chill out, get a coffee? Would it still be Dispatch?
1: It would not, I'm sorry, Dispatch, it would not. It would be Broadway cafe, Broadway cinema cafe.
0: And what do you like about the Broadway cafe? Everything.
1: (laughs) It's my favorite place in the world. I literally go there every single time I go to town. I dunno, being a freelance artist. It can be quite lonely. Mm. Like you're often just on your own, on your laptop, answering emails. So to actually go and be in public with people and like, you don't talk to anyone really, but like you're sat with other yeah. people. So you feel like not so alone and the flat white's really
0: good. <laughs> I was going to say, what would be your drink of choice? So I'm assuming yeah. flat white, strong, sturdy option.
1: With two brown sugars. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but there is a really nice community in Broadway. We have done a few events and a couple of groups in there and they are just always really friendly. And it is nice to just sit and as either people are chatting about their films or just popping in for a drink or some food. You don't have to be there because you want to watch something on the screen. You can mm. just hang out. Yeah, it
1: feels so funny to go to a cinema not to watch a film. Yeah.
0: Because
1: you say, oh, I've been to Broadway, and people are like, what you see? And you'd be like, nothing. <laughs> just
0: hang out. <laughs>
1: Although in the cafe, I've fallen ill to this a few times. You hear people talking about a film you want to see. Ah. Uh, And they kind of spoil it. And I'm like, no,
0: bad times.
1: Only a a few times. But that's what I get for being there too often.
0: Yeah, I suppose you need to go in with like a spoiler. Do not talk to me about this film. Yeah,
1: a spoiler free area in the cafe. (laughs) (laughs) I used to work at um, Odeon Cinema. And like as people were walking out talking about the film, there'd be people queuing up to go in to see it and you would see when people would get it spoiled for them and that was fun I mean it wasn't fun yeah it wasn't
0: (laughs) when you're not in Nottingham what do you miss the most
1: when I go to other places like I do a lot of work in Norwich and then pop down to London quite a bit and sometimes Birmingham like it's just when you hear people who speak the same way Mm. you do and it's like oh okay that yeah I don't know I think what I miss most about Nottingham is my own bed when I'm not here. <laughs> That's a perfectly
0: valid answer,
1: <laughs> I think as well, like, green space, because mm-hmm. you go to some cities and they're so built up, but then, you know, we've got Wollaton Park, we've got Highfields, we've got um, all the other bits and bobs and clean air and sunlight that is what i miss
0: (laughs) yes london is great for a short while but then it does feel very urban especially if you're on the tube a lot
1: worst place in the world yes
0: So clearly as when you are in as live, drag queen, non-binary extraordinaire, lots of traveling around, you mentioned Norwich, you mentioned London. Um, So for those of you just listening, um, live on the screen in front of me as in kind of thrift chic, um, not got the full face of makeup on or anything like that. Can you kind of describe who you are when you are live, drag queen, extraordinaire?
1: I mean, I don't usually wear a wig in drag because I have this kind of, I don't know, kind of an aversion to having too much on me (laughs) in drag. It's so funny because drag is all about creating an illusion of something. Mm. But I feel like I'm being dishonest if I have too much on. And it doesn't feel true to who I feel. Mm. You know, some people's drag, it's a character and a parody that they put on. Whereas for me, it's an extension of myself out of drag. Mm. You know, so, like, I've got my brown curly hair. I only wear brown curly wigs. Because if I grew my hair out, maybe that's what it would look like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in drag, we are, like, kind of seven foot something. Sequins, chest hair out, leg hair out, big platform heels. And then out of drag, it's a sensible walking boot. It's very comfortable clothing. It's uh, a jumper that looks like mince beef because it's all, like, threadbare. Um definitely not as much budget going into the out of drag wardrobe
0: <laughs> so a lot more budget into the to the full-on full-on drag wardrobe so what does a kind of typical day or week look like in the life of live how much do you kind of spend in the thrift chic mince beef kind of jumper end and how much <laughs> do you spend in drag and kind of almost having that kind of louder end of you on show.
1: Yeah, that is a perfect way to describe it, the louder end, definitely. People may be surprised to know that being a drag artist full-time is actually, so little time of it is actually performing in Mm. drag. And the most of it is like emailing venues, uh, chasing payments, mixing tracks, (laughs) and editing photos, taking photos. You know, drag artists are not just performers, they are also like sound engineers, um, marketing, promoting. There's so much more that goes into it. That people may not realise. But yeah, it's kind of like Monday to Thursday, I'd like an admin office person. Mm-hmm. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's just full glam, living out the suitcase, wherever I'm going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and is that kind of what you imagined it would be when you first started out, kind of exploring the area of being a drag queen and building who you are now is it kind of what you imagined Mm. you'd be doing with your time i'm not
1: sure because something about doing drag full-time is that it's actually really really difficult to Mm. do unless you've kind of been on telly on drag race or you are able to travel across the circuit and you know you're widely known you've been doing it for a while it's quite difficult to do full-time and i wasn't actually working full-time i was made redundant in november last year so i kind of had to rely on drag Mm to get by which i wouldn't have chosen because it's really really difficult <laughs> but um and in the meantime it is serving me well and i am kind of getting better at being a full-time drag artist i've always known it's it's 80 percent like preparation preparation admin yeah. promotion and then 20 percent actual show time so i guess it's just coming to terms with the reality of it being like Okay, I've got to go get that train at 10am now.
0: (laughs) Do you find it hard sometimes when there are lots of things to say yes to, but then actually it is all down on you to be able to kind of meet it all and do everything?
1: Mm. I've definitely got better with it over time. um, Because this is, I'm in my fifth year of doing drag now. And when I first started, it was like, yes, 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 yes. Like, (laughs) I want to do everything ever that anyone's ever done. I invented drag. (laughs) And now it's like, oh, I've got something earlier in the day that day. I can't do that. I'm sorry, my love. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's trying to be a bit more, um, preserve your energy a little bit more for, um, you know, for outside of drag which is funny because i don't spend any money on myself outside of Mm. drag but i'm trying to protect the energy i have for after the show
0: that that makes sense i chat about this a lot so part of my job is like doing all of the groups and there are some some days where it's like a really full-on day and then i purposefully try and either not plan anything that evening or have a quiet day um the day after and it is because it's that recharge time. And if you say yes to everything, yeah. you lose out on that recharge time. So well done for figuring it out. I think sometimes it takes, it takes a long time to figure out those sorts of things about, okay, I need to say no, because otherwise I will frazzle.
1: And I can definitely recommend um, anyone who kind of works in a busy environment. Um, for me, the perfect thing to do afterwards, when I get home to take off all the makeup, I play um, Nina Simone. Billie Holiday, Dina Washington, some smooth oh. jazz. You know, sometimes it's just an instrumental. It still feels glamorous, even though you're removing all the glamour. Um, but I can highly recommend some smooth jazz. Yeah,
0: but it is like both of those singers and kind of the the mus- musicality around both of those is kind of very easy listening, gentle on the ear. They sound amazing. And so, yeah, I can imagine that's a good kind of unwind, D-drag moment.
1: And also very kind as
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which I think you can appreciate no matter where you are on the spectrum. <laughs> yes thank you for listening to chatterbox a podcast by the wolfpack project you can find us on social media we are chatter.box podcast or you can link to us from the wolfpack project website which is thewolfpackproject.org.uk we'd love to hear how the conversation has inspired you or things that you've learned so do engage with us do also remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you download your podcast from so that you never miss a new episode We've chatted a little bit of kind of where you are right now. Um, when you were younger, was drag something that you thought you might dip your toe in? Or was it kind of something that just presented as an opportunity and you thought you'd give it a go? What was kind of your journey into, into becoming a drag queen?
1: Initially, when I discovered drag, I was really affronted by it. I thought it was really weird, Mm. Um, which is so funny at this point. (laughs) That was just kind of growing up where my family didn't necessarily appreciate those Mm. things or saw them as like a good thing to be doing, not just with drag, but with like queerness in general. So I think a lot of that was like unlearning those attitudes and then uh, moving away to university was actually a great help Mm. as well because Blank Slate, middle of this creative town in Norwich um where Norwich is just so bohemian like everyone's a bisexual artist in Norwich is great and then you're kind of left to your devices of like starting to perform in drag mm. where I formed a little collective and we started putting on our shows in um just this pub called the birdcage which is also the name of a musical about drag queens, which I had no idea.
0: No, I was going to say, I recognized phone. the link. <laughs>
1: and I had no idea at the time. We were performing our queerness on stage in drag and starting to get positive attention from audiences. And it started with like 30 people who came, then it was 50, then it was 80, and then every show was sold out. So people were being so supportive and giving us this positive attention and also finding themselves in our shows as well. And, mm. You know, people are using the pronouns they want to use and coming out to each other and using chosen names rather than names they were given. And creating that space was like, wow, I actually see the power of what we're doing mm. here and what it means to people.
0: And then it's just kind of growing from there, I imagine. Yeah. 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 So I know you've done a wide variety of different different things all over the place. Like, what are some of your kind of favourite places to play, or um, some of the favourite bits that you do as part of part of your evenings out and about?
1: I think my favourite my favourite ever venue to perform in is the Norwich Art mm-hmm. Centre, which is uh, really biased of me because I'm an associate artist yeah. at the Norwich Art Centre, and. I mean, I've been performing there since uh, 2019, and it's an old um, church, I think it's kind of from the 1300s, and it was deconsecrated for the sake of performance, um, to open as a performance venue. And now you've got a whole variety of trans, non-binary, drag, queer artists performing in a church, a medieval church, which would have preached against all these Mm. things. And um, there's kind of gravestones in the floor. Um, And we're kind of dancing on top of those in the modern day. And I think they're like vicars who were buried there. So I just think it's absolutely wonderful that we're dancing on the bones of people who would have preached against our our identities.
0: (laughs) You can get to Norwich quite easily. So there is a direct train from Nottingham. It's the um, liverpool Lime Street to Norwich Line. So you can go all the way from Liverpool through Manchester down to Nottingham and then across to Norwich. Um, Unfortunately from Nottingham, the carriage does split. So it is a much smaller carriage to get you across to Norwich. But Norwich is a lovely city and it have a real growing community around arts and independent shopping and um, the markets there are great there's a coffee shop called Strangers, have you ever been to Strangers Coffee? Oh
1: yes yes. It's
0: one of my favourite places to go in Norwich, so for anyone who's up for traveling out of the county um, and potentially interested in maybe exploring, kind of some of the the queer scene out there, it's a great it's a great place to to go and to visit. And because you can get on the train direct, it's a lot easier than driving. I have done the drive many times. <laughs> I would recommend getting a train if you can. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I kind of have been looking at is some of the lip sync stuff that you do. Um, what are some of the kind of favorite bits that you like to do with lip sync and how do you, how do you get really good at it?
1: How do you get really good at lip syncing? Um, I don't know. Um, I think it's a lot of like, uh, early hours of the morning, staring in the bathroom mirror with your headphones (laughs) in, just like
0: practicing.
1: (laughs) Um, and I think what what makes a great lip-sync as well is when you can tell the performer genuinely loves the song mm. they're performing. Because, like, for me, if I'm doing a Whitney ballad, a Whitney Houston ballad, that's, that is my happy place. That is, I know, every little breath, every little niche in the song, and I just have a great time performing it, and... You see some performers who do their high-energy dance numbers, and you know they just live and breathe mm. the music, and it's that's where a great lip sync is,
0: I think. Okay, so you've just got to become one with the song.
1: Yeah, because people, I think when people get started in drag, they try and um, they try and do the drag they see on TV, which you know is it's Drag Race, and the performers on there are forced to do a lip sync to a song they don't get to choose mm. and, I don't know maybe they don't feel so comfortable but we're told that that's a great drag song and then people perform it but if you actually deep dive into Spotify and find something you really really like it's just going to hit so much better. Yeah
0: that makes a lot of sense because people resonate with different artists for different reasons or songs for different reasons and to actually portray that is probably what makes it the most convincing kind of performance Mm -hmm. rather than oh I'm just doing it because it's a good song or
1: people yeah this was the last one that was on drag race last week and i'm doing it now (laughs) because i'm really good at learning (laughs) lyrics that's great i'm gonna do bruno mars for the 10th time
0: (laughs) (laughs) which bruno mars song
1: i do gorilla by Ah, bruno Mars.
0: interesting
1: and it's a bit of a burlesque Mm. number because i'm a very hairy person so gorilla kind of makes sense
0: (laughs) means you can fully show off all of the the chest hair and the leg hair and fully embrace it
1: and celebrate it for a change instead of people saying you should shave. Yeah,
0: definitely. I definitely only shave my legs when it's like summertime and wearing tights gets uncomfortable. Mm. And the rest of the time yeah. I just have given up caring because. It's just such know. a myth,
1: isn't it? Like
0: It's an effort to do as well, to do it well worth embracing definitely definitely what are some things that you're kind of excited about that are coming up in terms of events or venues that you're going to play out anything exciting coming up
1: there is one huge project that i'm so excited about it's the nottingham drag pageant Mm. um so for the past two years uh, i've been running the norwich drag pageant which has been like wildly successful it's high drama, it's high camp, it's an amazing <laughs> night for everyone. And um, surprisingly, the level of competition going on brings people together like no one's business. Yeah. It's, you'd expect it to make people go like really head to head with each other, but they just we just create this amazing evening where everyone's involved and everyone's rooting for each other. And yeah, we're bringing it to Nottingham on June the 30th at the Nottingham Arts Theatre, which is the pink one in Hockney. Yep.
0: What can people expect from the Nottingham pageant?
1: Well, we're going to have a selection of the finest drag artists Nottingham has to offer. So each performer gives us a original drag performance mm-hmm. that can be anything they do, whether it's live vocals, lip-syncing, dancing, um, and then we're each treated to a runway presentation from the competitors, Ooh. so an original drag outfit then we have a lip sync battle for the crown, which the roof gets absolutely blown off at that point. (laughs) It's just, the energy is insane. And these performers are like giving it, they're all trying to win the crown. So it's brilliant. Yeah.
0: And so will this be a mix of people who've been doing it for a long time and and hopefully some people that are just starting out? Is that the hope?
1: It will probably be more leaning towards people starting out. we have our judges panel of uh, Nana Arthole and Marilyn Sain, mm. who've been in the game for 10 years now. So they're going to be there to offer their judging expertise alongside Susie Nova and Universa from Gay Up Duck. And then our competitors will be kind of a mix of newcomers, maybe just around a year or so. And. Um, yeah, they're going to battle out to be Nottingham's Next track Superstar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that would be great. It will give them such a great platform to hopefully really celebrate each other. And, you know, whoever wins the crown, hopefully it'll be a great experience. Great experience for them. Yeah. Totally. Oh, well, that sounds exciting and a great kind of celebration of Pride Month and a good lead up to the big Pride events later in the summer. So. Mm. sounds sounds like a great a great thing to get involved with and is there anything that you kind of would like to see in nottingham a bit more so you've mentioned about um the drag pageant becoming an annual thing um but is there anything that you would like to see happen more in the city anyway just as part of its kind of growth and development within the community
1: i think nottingham desperately needs more events that are centered on black and indigenous people of color, Mm. BIPOC community. I don't think there's enough going on at the moment. Um, I think people are trying to make stuff happen, but it's, it's just quite a difficult thing to do with any kind of starting events. Hockley is described as the creative
0: quarter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would like it to be the queer creative (laughs) quarter. (laughs) Like properly, like, you know, Birmingham has a gay Mm. village. Manchester has a gay village. I feel like I want a sign to go up that just says this is Nottingham's Gaver Yeah,
0: more than just the, the rainbows on the tarmac and
1: a yeah, bit more of an
0: I identity. Mean,
1: yeah, like not just doing it subtly, like doing it very intentionally and on purpose mm. and saying, because you go to Hockley and there's rainbow flags everywhere and it feels like when I walk from Market Square to Hockley, my shoulders drop and I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. yeah, I'm fine. But I would I want a sign. <laughs> I want lights. I want neon lights and signs that says you have arrived in Gay Hockley or something.
0: I mean it would be a great place for neon bright neon signs definitely. Yeah, I can see the I can see the neon, um, and then for anyone who would um, consider themselves an ally or would want to be an ally for the community, what are what are some of the things kind of coming up that they can support with, or things where they can find out more information so that they can be the best ally that they can be.
1: Something people can do is research locally for. Um, transgender people who are fundraising for their healthcare Mm -hmm. right now um because on the nhs the waiting list to receive just an appointment no treatment just an appointment is around four Mm. years and that is far too long it should not be taking that long so if people can do some research and find out who needs supporting right now that would be great they can look on my instagram i've got people's fundraisers in my link tree attached there that they can support And it doesn't have to be loads of money all at once. It can just be like a little something every now and then. And even that helps people feel valued and supported in the community. So,
0: you know, what that's going towards as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes giving to larger charities or when it's, when it is a big event and there's kind of donation pots going around, you don't necessarily know exactly what it's going for, but knowing someone's story makes it a bit more meaningful.
1: For me personally, drag was a really great way to find a self-esteem within myself and it was a great purpose and it fit perfectly. A lot of the time people also find this and, you know, we start making profiles on Instagram and we start trying to promote ourselves and looking at drag as a commercially viable thing. And I think the core values are about finding community, finding your place within it, and then just glowing. Mm and being who you are authentically and I think it's important to remember those things amongst all of the other tomfoolery you know that's the most important part of it
0: so Liv we've kind of chatted through um how busy your weeks can be but also kind of the the ups and downs of being a full-time drag artist and managing all of that and one of the things that at the podcast um, and at the charity The Wolfpack Project that we really want to encourage is um, people managing their mental health and their well-being in positive ways and one of the things that we're trying to highlight is the five ways to well-being as kind of universal categories where if people can take positive actions in each area then hopefully that will overall build up their well-being and kind of give them a good, a good tool Boxed for, for life, hopefully. And so in this section, we'll kind of take through the five areas, which are connect, active, learn, give and take notice. And hopefully there might be something that you say that could spark someone to go and try it for themselves, or at least give them a better idea of maybe um, how other people manage their well-being, just so that it's something that they can maybe take on board for themselves. So a lot of what you do is you mean, you've know talked about trying to create a space for people to be themselves and, um, but also a lot of time on your own trying to do things. Um, so the first kind of area of connection is what kind of, what sort of things do help you feel connected and um, particularly when you are on those sort of solo days, trying to just manage all of your emails and admin tasks?
1: Yes. The non-glamorous. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think For me, the connection is uh, definitely finding people who you really resonate Mm. with on a similar wavelength. Like I've maybe got four or five core people who I speak to most days and we just chat about the most boring things or the most exciting things. And having those similar people with similar thoughts is just really helpful. Mm. And they're all drag performers as well. So we're all going through the same stuff at the same time. And I think as well, maybe not spending a lot of time on your phone is a good thing, Mm. but I like to go on Instagram quite a lot and I follow like kind of drag artists that I discover. And then I look at their work and I feel inspired and then I'm excited about what they're doing and their projects. And maybe we'll have like a comment or a little chat and yeah, it's, it's nice to connect with people Mm. through Instagram, especially, I feel like the majority of the drag world actually takes place on Instagram. (laughs) So yeah, it's kind of a realm for drag in a way.
0: (laughs) No one else, just drag.
1: (laughs) I don't see anything else, just drag.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I suppose it's that, you know, you're allowed to curate what you see on social media. So if, if a platform is kind of or a page is not something that's feeding you in a positive way then it's okay to just be like actually no i'm not going to follow you anymore and i'm just going to follow the things that do bring joy or free connection and that inspiration so certainly a good a good tip for anyone listening you are out and about a lot and um there's lots of active stuff potentially in kind of your shows What's some of the ways that you kind of build in movement and activity into your into your week?
1: Mm, this is the one I'm probably the least good at. <laughs> um, I like to think of myself as an athlete, as a performer. And when I get on stage, it's a very short burst, but um, it is high energy. <laughs> um, unless I'm hosting, then it's more of an endurance. sport. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think um, rehearsing for your shows. Mm ahead of time is a really nice way to keep active and stuff because you know it's lots of like movement and dancing and it's it's it feels good to do it so that's a really nice thing to do and i think for me as well it's like running to train stations <laughs> and <laughs> trying to get to the right platforms um with a suitcase as well that's which like, is great for toning the arms mm. it's brilliant yeah yeah
0: suitcases are effort <laughs> definitely yeah, <laughs> so I would. I would say that counts as counts as movement, definitely. But it can just be that you know that simple of I'm um, gonna walk to the next tram stop in or yeah. get to a different bus stop or oh I am running late, let's go. <laughs> let's
1: yeah, go. and then some days when I'm having the boring office days, it will just be like I'm going outside for fifteen minutes to walk around. Mm. I'm gonna go and touch some grass and. <laughs> not have the haze machine fill my lungs and just (laughs) have nice stuff instead.
0: Yeah. I heard um, Gemma Collins say that when she gets overwhelmed, she'll just go hug a tree. And I'm like, sometimes it is just that simple.
1: I actually, I don't, I don't hug trees, but I definitely like hold their hands. I do. There's, I live on the back of a field and um, there's some beech trees that are my absolute favorite trees.
0: But it's good to have that, it, that connection and, you know, the fact that it gets you out, even if it's only for a couple of minutes, is is still a positive. It's still a positive. Um, so I imagine you're probably learning new stuff all the time, like new songs or routines. But is there anything non-drag related that you have learned recently that you found interesting?
1: Uh, not really non-drag related, but I am... Um i'm a bit of a i would say i'm like an amateur historian i'm i'm really obsessed with um knowing everything about certain drag scenes and drag culture Mm. um like in norwich the first thing i did when i started performing in norwich was find out who was here before me what were they doing what were their names and i just kind of i've been learning since and like building up this image and i want to write a whole like project on it actually but um British queer history as well is really I mean I feel like learning about that is essential for everyone Mm. and realizing how it wasn't that long ago that certain laws were actually passed and how they're still very young and I do a lot of like history stuff.
0: Mm. Interesting (laughs) but learning is that whole kind of discovering new things and maybe finding new inspiration or um, or giving kind of okay this is something that we need to change and and how can we maybe best do that so learning kind of fits into our overall well-being so many different so many different ways sometimes it's just the enjoyment of learning something new but other times it can be a lot more formative and shape a whole direction that you might go in so you never know if you do write something about it you could be you could be the person that other people are learning off of
1: that would be really cool (laughs) and i think um another thing i want to add for learning is like learning about yourself Mm. as well like especially as a queer person where you think you're one thing and then you start exploring and you learn more about yourself and it's like oh i'm actually really not that and it's you know it's important to have have space to have those dialogues with yourself mm. and have experiences and learn and see what, what feels good to you and like what, how you fit in and stuff mm. and belong and all that
0: stuff. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Cause we're, we're not the same day to day. That's the, the one constant in life is that actually everything is changing including ourselves which is great because then actually we always have that opportunity if there is something that we want to change in ourselves or something that we want to grow into we have that opportunity daily to learn more of or push into it or actually to be like no this doesn't serve me anymore i'm gonna try and let it go. So yeah, that's a really, really important Definitely. point, really important point. The fourth bit is give. So this can be giving of time, of knowledge, and um, the research around kind of sharing with others of kind of around that volunteering space or that kind of mentoring, whatever it looks like, actually is really beneficial for our overall well wellbeing. Um, so what are some of the areas where you find that it is more of a, you're happy to give of your time or your knowledge to things. I have a
1: lot of um, performers ask me questions and like DM me with like, how do I do this? Or what's the best way to do that? And it feels really good to me to be able to say, well, you should do this because I made this mistake and here's how you avoid it. Um, I really enjoy doing that. And I think at my shows, I'm taking a real effort in the past like six months now, to make sure that there's fundraising going mm-hmm. on for the transgender community because it's like we did a drag brunch literally on Saturday and you know usually at a drag brunch you just do your songs, perform, go around the room, pack up your bag and go home. But in the middle I said everybody get your phones out, I've got a QR code here to a uh, fundraiser and everybody scanned it and in about five minutes we'd raised a hundred pounds.
0: amazing
1: just giving a bit of your show over to the community for those purposes, it can actually do so much good, Mm. which, you know, we need more Mm. of, quite frankly. Yeah, I think being a freelance drag artist, there's kind of a lot of pressure to do commercially viable work that will, like, help pay the rent. But if you can give some time over to, like, fundraisers and charity stuff and that sort of thing, it really does a lot of Mm. good.
0: And it kind of keeps that... Grounding in that you are still very much part of and for the community rather than having to, you're not just constantly doing, oh, this commercial thing, that commercial thing. It yeah. still very much keeps you rooted and grounded in, in the key issues and things that people are going through, which is the joy of kind of however it looks like being able to give is keeps you connected with that, whatever it is, whatever area that you're interested in, yeah. definitely.
1: So I think back to when I started performing in drag and it was the community that supported our shows that got them going, that got me into performing frequently, that got into the Norwich Arts Centre to invite us to do shows with them, which made an even bigger community. So it's giving back to the people who've built you up as mm. well and that's how it should yeah. be. Yeah,
0: pay it forward. Yes. yes. And then the final area is take notice. So that can be taking notice of our physical health, but also um, more importantly, our mental health and how we're coping with things. So um, when you are kind of managing everything and going from performing to Daytime, chic kind of um, cafe ness and all of that kind of stuff. What are some of the tools or coping strategies that you find most useful for kind of managing your mental health? And um if you are having a, a low moment, what kind of helps with with switching that around?
1: Yeah, I think um something I do a lot is because a lot of, like I mentioned, the drag world comes a lot through Instagram, and opportunities come to you through a dm it's important to know when to like just switch off for the mm-hmm. night and saying we're done for the day we're coming back to this in the morning uh we're actually going to sleep properly tonight and not keep the drag queen nightmare of being stuck in like nocturnal mm-hmm. <laughs> mode because <laughs> sunlight is important yeah. and vitamin d tablets don't do it on them no,
0: um,
1: so <laughs> i think that's a, a key thing i've learned and um I think keeping space for your relationships outside of drag as well, because I have a really great network of friends who they aren't drag performers and they don't do drag and they just kind of sit outside of that world and they're very grounding mm. and they go they go to work like normal people. And I'm like, oh, this is a regular hour in the daytime. This is fab. <laughs> um, so it's great to actually connect back with them and take time for them as well.
0: Oh, they sound like they're a great bench of people to have around you. Pull you out of, help you see a slightly bigger picture than just sequins and maybe yeah. <laughs> or emails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two sides of the coin. Well, live non-binary diva, drag artist extraordinaire, it's been lovely having you on the podcast. I hope there's been um, loads of useful stuff that people can take away from this, whether it's um, having a bit more idea about the drag community or um, knowing a bit more about different things that kind of make up your Days and weeks and the whole the whole scene. Um, so just to kind of recap some kind of the the key bits. So um, we've got the Nottingham Drag Pageant. Remind us when that's happening again.
1: So that will be on Friday the thirtieth of June at the Nottingham Arts Theatre. Um, it's going to be really yeah.
0: good. Where where can people buy tickets for it? Is it on the Arts Theatre website? Is there a separate page where people can? get tickets for it or do they just turn up
1: yes it's on the website um i think you can turn up but if you pre-book it makes life a lot better for the ticket people. So, um, pre booking online on the Nottingham Arts Theatre website. Cool,
0: amazing. And um, for anyone kind of wanting to find a bit more about the community, or if they want to connect with yourself, what's the best way that they can they can keep in touch? If you if you are happy with it,
1: a great place to follow on Facebook is the Knots LGBT Plus Network. Mm-hmm. Um, there's loads of updates on there about what's going on locally. Um, and I suppose you can find me on Instagram at live underscore presents. Um, that's where I put all my shows and feelings and thoughts and uh, opinions. So yeah.
0: <laughs> Top bit of advice for anyone kind of wanting to be an ally and support the community. Just
1: get involved with who's around you. Uh, ask what people need rather than try and offer what you think they need. Mm. Um, and just be willing to listen because being heard is as valuable as actually actions taking place so yeah.
0: yeah yes yeah so important to listen we have two ears and one mouth which
1: mm-hmm. mathematically we've been told
0: exactly what to do. exactly and then to kind of end the podcast on a a more general hopefully upbeat funny funny note is um kind of three recommendations that you can give our our listeners to take away so anything that you've been reading recently that you can recommend
1: yes i can recommend the poetry pharmacy volume one or two take your pick i can't remember the guy who wrote it but i have a shocking attention span (laughs) So reading a full book is really difficult, but reading lots of little books called poems is so much easier.
0: Mm, that's, I think, a great tip for anyone who struggles with reading. Go small. There's, there's still power in it. Any music that you would recommend for people to listen to?
1: That's a really difficult question because I have so many um, artists that I love but I I think Nina Simone is probably one of my top recommends to listen to the power of her songs the message it's still so relevant today even though they were written 60 plus years ago and also some of them are quite like they're quite raunchy it's it's nice but um I think as well just the relaxation that comes with most of them mm, too
0: mm. if you were Gonna get takeout from anywhere. Um, where where would be your takeout of choice be?
1: I am probably going to order from O'Hannes. Mm-hmm. ohanes O'Hana's. I've only ever read it. I don't know how it's actually said.
0: I've never heard it said either, so yeah if anyone, <laughs> if anyone listening knows how it's pronounced, feel free to get in touch and phonetically spell it out yeah. for us.
1: Please. Um, but Ohana's and we're getting the cheese mania burger, we're getting buttermilk chicken bites. We'll get in the eye early
0: oh my god full smorgasbord. Yeah. Yes. smorgasbord yes oh smorgasbord well Liv, it's been lovely having you on thank you for joining us on the chatterbox podcast for people listening we'll try and link to as much of what we've shared through this chat and at the end in the description below so you can keep in touch and keep being part of the conversation and learn about the community and um, do feel free to follow us so the podcast is Box podcast and we'll make sure that Liv is tagged in the description as well Um, and to keep going with the conversation do just follow us both on social media keep the conversation going and we'll be back with a new episode soon you for listening to chatterbox a podcast by the wolfpack project you can find us on social media we are chatter.box Podcasts, or you can link to us from the wolfpack project website which is wolfpackproject.org.uk we'd love to hear how the conversation has inspired you or things that you've learned so do engage with us do also remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you download your podcast from so that you never miss a new episode